Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the first Gaming the Podcast of 2022. My name is John Robertson, joined as ever by Stace Harmon, and today we're talking about our video game resolutions for the new year. What are our ambitions around video games for the next 12 months, and where do we want to be with games when 2023 kicks off? So, Stace, I know that uh, we haven't uh, swapped ideas yet. We don't know what each other's resolutions are. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, do you want to kick it off and surprise me? Well, yeah, mine's... I don't know how much it's going to surprise you, but uh, mine is pretty simple to begin with. Um, I have, at its most basic level, my first resolution is to play more games. Uh, I don't think that will surprise you at all. But the there's some more sort of uh, specificity around that. So I want to play more games, but I also want to play more specifically, I want to play more kind of shorter PC games. Like a lot of people, I've got a whole load of games in my Steam library um, that have gone untouched. I picked them up in a sale or they were part of the Humble Bundle or whatever it might be, and I just haven't got around to playing them. So there's a load of games that I would like to play um, that I feel like are... They're games that are um, kind of have been a form of expression for somebody. So probably a small team, an indie team, maybe even a a solo developer, but games like... uh, Please Knock on My Door or Before I Forget or Heaven's Vault or What Remains of Edith Finch. Like these, I guess, indie games, typically. Mm. Um, but games that have a have something at the heart of them um, beyond, I guess, a desire to to entertain, which is a noble goal in and of itself. But I want to kind of dig into a lot more games that, that have something, I don't know, a message or a reason that they were created or they somebody was inspired to do so because of X um, rather than just for the pure sort of game design principles. So I want to play a lot more games like that. Um, a lot of those are on PC. And tied with that, I also want to share a lot more games with people. Um, mm. There's, like, I know people that play games. Uh, friends people and family. you know personally. Yes. Yeah. People that I know personally, because I know people that play or are interested in games or are interested in what games could be. And I know that there are games that I have in my head that I've played that would suit certain people that I know who may not own a console or, you know, even a PC, but that I could, with a little bit of effort, um, either when they're here or I could take my console to somebody else's or whatever it is, but I'd like to kind of share I suppose what games are a bit more than I already do. It's sort of a bit of a, in my family, it's like, well, you know, Stace plays a lot of games. Uh, obviously his, his job is a lot to do with games. And that's like, we don't really have a lot of conversations about that. But if somebody else is interested in films or football or somebody says, oh, I read this amazing book the other day, that gets shared a lot more readily than I share games. And so I'd, and there's, I don't know what the, there's probably a whole kind of, load of reasons for that or uh, there's there's sort of a history behind that but i'd like to just be i suppose a bit more um outgoing with it and say oh, i played this amazing game the other day that i think you'd get a lot out of you know let me show it to you or here, at least you know here's a video of it or whatever it is just to kind of share it a bit more rather than it be this sort of more insular thing um there's a really nice <laughs> quite charmingly earnest bit in uh the film Don't Look Up that I watched very recently in which um, uh, Timothy Chalamet's character towards the very end of the film introduces himself <laughs> to uh, to somebody, it doesn't really matter who, but introduces himself to somebody 
as oh hi my name's x and i'm uh i don't know what it is like fire puma 142 on twitch do you game mm. and it, it just seemed like a really it was like a really disarmingly charming way i mean i'm not going to start doing that i don't think because that would be you know that's like oh i'm a avid golfer do you golf as the first thing you say to somebody that you meet but it just it was just i found it really charming it's like that's you know that's a very heart on your sleeve kind of approach um so yeah to sum up i would like to play more games but also share more games with yeah like friends and family mm. around me that's so so, so you want to say hello i'm stace I play, here's <laughs> this really obscure game have you heard of it no oh, okay. basically try yeah. again try again try again until you get a hit go down the local pub and just be like that with all the with all the pub crowd yeah. it's like yeah look and here's a video of it oh no but let me sit down at your table and show you show you this game um, yeah, no, I just want to kind of share that a bit more and, and I suppose a bit, do a bit more to, to, uh, just kind of, I suppose, champion video games a bit more in the same way that, you know, people, you know, you and I talk about films or mostly you talk to me about films cause you watch 50 times the number of films as I do. Um, and that's, you know, that's a nice thing to do. It's, it's like, oh, I watched this really cool thing the other day. It was really interesting. It was about X or it was, it, I thought it was really touching or it was really funny, whatever. And it's like games, you know, I'd like to kind of just include games in that conversation and yeah. be a bit more outgoing with it, um, which isn't really my personality, to be honest. It's not really a, I don't really do that a lot with, with much that I'm kind of really interested in. So it requires a bit of personal growth. Um, but yeah. I'll the people that you know personally that you might talk to this, talk about this sort of thing with, would they be open and receptive to hearing about it? Yeah, I think certainly, I guess, certainly there's a handful of people that I know definitely would. Then there's kind of the the people on the fringe of that who it might be a little bit more... Uh, see, I want to say the word uncomfortable, and I don't know, you know, that's that's sort of a personal hang-up, I think. It needn't be uncomfortable. It just, you know, it's that thing of if somebody's passionate about something, then you can have a conversation with them about it, even if you know nothing about it personally. So there's people in that kind of sphere that I know don't play games, but I think would be interested. If you sort of took, if you made it, oh, I watched this film the other day about X, they would be, oh, okay, that's really cool. I might check that out. If you say I played this game the other day, there is a barrier to entry here, obviously, of, well, I don't mm. have a console or I don't have a PC or I don't play games. How even do I buy a game these days? Because, you know, it's not often really that you walk into a shop and do that. So there is a barrier to entry thing, but that's not really, you know, that's not really the point. Whether they decide to take it up themselves or not, it's like I can share some of these ideals or these these like philosophies or these principles that are put across in certain video games without necessarily them needing to pick it up and play it themselves to see what it's all about. So, yeah. So that's going to be kind of a little personal mission for 2022 is just sharing a bit more, which will also hopefully lead to kind of other conversations. I suppose perhaps that's just in a bid to be a bit more social. Perhaps that's what... I was going to say, it's a nice social one, yeah. Using games as your delivery method for increasing social (laughs) engagement. (laughs) To put it scientifically... Yeah, so uh, that's that's going to be yeah, that's me. Play and play and share more games. Um, yeah. Okay, so my first one—that's not really my first one, but one of mine—is. Um, uh, well, it's not really the opposite of that, but it's definitely less social. <laughs> um, play less games. Play less games and talk to people less about games. <laughs> um, 
No, so Minus spends more time not necessarily learning how, not necessarily having made a game at the end, but certainly spend way more time every week, every day even, uh, learning Unity, which I started off learning mm-hmm. last year, but I, start, mm. I kind of started learning it out, weird point, because I started learning it when our last book, 20 Double Fine Years, was kind of heating up on the production yeah. side. The, the writing had largely been finished, but then there was still a bunch of stuff to, to do after that. Mm. Um, so I kind of dropped the ball on that. Uh, well, I didn't drop the ball. I continued dabbling in it all the way, but I just want to be more disciplined and mm. set a time every way, probably more than once a week. I don't know, two or three times a week, I guess, to be realistic. Um, to really learn to really learn unity and i don't know well maybe i should just set the goal of just making a whole game i mean i have made games that are playable from start to finish mm. but they've just been text adventures and they've been 10 minutes long so they're not like yeah. game they're, they're just little demos they're little practice demos um mm. i mean ultimately like i really want to make a horror game i don't know exactly what but i just want to create that sensation in players mm. uh i mean i obviously could do that with a text adventure um but yeah i don't know if setting the goal of making a horror game start to finish from scratch by myself as like a first end of year project um mm. is necessarily realistic but i mean as i'm talking maybe i could rope other people in to do like art and stuff i mean i know enough people that are in that are capable in different areas and music and that um potentially collaborate so is that, like that is that for you like a does that come from do you think a desire to have a finished thing at the end of it or is it the you know is it the journey rather than the destination is it is it like does that tie into gaining well, a deeper understanding of how games are made is it just to have a new skill set so what's do you, well, it's can you all, identify it's, the driving factor on well that, i think it i think it's all of that i mean i love learning new stuff anyway and certainly new areas of creative expression um mm. i'm always interested in i mean you know i learned to play loads of instruments when i was a kid i do photography now i love you know making books obviously mm. um so it's like making stuff but also i like learning stuff and just having that like i always talk about this have this like foundational level knowledge of lots of things yeah so yeah. you really understand the building blocks of how things are basically made and then from there you can then go and make your own things you don't need to know the latest innovation in x thing um you know elon musk talks about that like he doesn't he doesn't need to know him personally he doesn't need to know the latest science of rocket technology he just needs to know basically how rocket works and then he can dream as to what's possible with that core fundamental knowledge it's Mm -hmm. someone else some other person with the more detailed knowledge so that that can make the more modern things happen and arguably Um, only having i mean i say only in the context of versus an expert but only having a foundation knowledge in something can free you up to to dream more can't it because then you're not your your brain isn't automatically reining you in saying no that's not possible that wouldn't and it's like well if you don't know that then maybe you can just dream and then be like well maybe there's a way around it well there's a creative solution yeah yeah yeah. you know well, yeah, because yes. I suppose if you only know the alphabet, then you can dream about what words are yeah. and can be used yeah. for. But if you know yeah. English to its to its nth degree already, then you can only really well not only, but it's harder to not just simply add a bit, add the next bit to that, yes. rather than rather than run something in parallel to that. 
Yeah, and I, um, there's a, I've got a very, a very specific, uh, quick personal anecdote to do with exactly that. That you know, my kids are six and four, and my four-year-old has taken to she knows the alphabet, so now she will just randomly say, "What does uh, T X Z Q H spell?" And one answer to that is to say, "Well, it doesn't spell anything because that's not a word." But you know, a word, more yeah. interesting and more, yeah, and more, yeah, mate, yeah. Tell me what it means. A more interesting way of dealing with that is to just sound it out, yeah. because that's ultimately what she's doing. She's like putting letters together to see what they sound like, and and taking foundational building blocks and making a, a bigger component or composite uh, thing out of them. So yeah, the, and that is that's fun and interesting in and of itself. And you come, you do, you know, that's how like worlds are created in something like D and D. You just start with a little seed of something. And it's like, well, maybe that then adds to this, and that sits on top of this. Um, so yeah, that's. I think that's a. It certainly is a. a I can imagine would be a rewarding thing in and of itself, ir- ir- irrespective. And I think this is a. This is a bugbear of mine. Like it doesn't even if there isn't an end result, as in a fully playable game that you can show to people or put out there it's like that doesn't obviously it should be obvious it obviously doesn't mean it wasn't worthwhile like there's a whole no of course not um, thing in the in the process of doing that so yeah, yeah for sure i mean i i want i want it all though i want the journey and i want the result well of course you do i yeah. want the end i want to be i want, do want to make something um yes yeah do want well, to fair finish, enough. finish yeah. something yeah finish something yeah um okay. but the, i yeah. can imagine conversations like that would be around that if you tell that to people which is literally what you're doing right now but if you say that to people around you it becomes that question of oh how's your game going you know how's that game that you're making going as a shorthand and it's a bit like it's common to how people it's just common parlance but it really it's shorthand for how is your experience of learning to code going or to learning to use unity going mm. but it just becomes about the end result how is that game going and it's like well you know the game itself isn't really going anywhere but that's not yeah but i learned how to do it abc yeah exactly um Uh, but that's me then so i'd have probably failed at that by june and i wouldn't have done a single (laughs) hour learning well you know i would quickly to circle but i would say that a lot of my play more pc games does i am looking to the steam deck as being a really key component in that for me because just lifestyle the way that my my house is set up and it's just easier for me to play pc games handheld as and when i can do that but that's not coming out until uh, a while i think mine's not due until at least q2 if not beyond so but we'll see nonetheless i don't want to just sit on that and wait until i get steam deck i'll find other solutions um but yeah this is where we have these resolutions right just to try and have something to aim at mm. even if we don't quite get there okay. so um, what's your second thing to aim at then okay well so some of my other ones are more achievement based um a bit like perhaps the the unity but they are more here's a firm sort of result so one of those is i want to dedicate some time to speed running something and it's going to have to be because of the nature of that discipline something that i already am hugely interested in and happy to play um of course you play it in a very different way when you speed run it but i'm thinking something like hades or something like the Left Behind DLC for The Last of Us, because you can speed run that in something ridiculous like five minutes if you are, you know, world class, um, a world class speedrunner. But it's not something that you need to spend tens of hours 
Um, you'll spend tons of hours perfecting it, of course, no doubt, but you don't need to spend tons of hours just on an initial playthrough of like The Last of Us Part Two, for example. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Something like Left Behind, which is like just manageable. It's like you're going to spend two hours on your first try just to get through it, perhaps, and then you go from there. Um, yeah. Are you adding any bells and whistles to that? Is it like, you know, is like any 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 percentage, no glitches, any place, no damage, like what whatever? I think probably the easiest place for me to start would be like a no glitch run. So because, but I am interested in doing the glitch side of it as well, because that is learning the game in an entirely different way. That's like deconstructing it and learning the, the boundaries of it. And that's the kind of thing that I have enjoyed watching where like, particularly with developers of a game reacting to other people doing that. And it's that thing of, the 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 speedrunner is is kind of using or is um taking advantage of certain constraints that we use during the game's creation to find loopholes in well if you move in this particular way you can clip through this wall which then falls you through the level which and then you have to sort of adjust your positioning and you'll end up mm. ultimately landing here and it kind of points to how the game is put together almost in as a as a geographical place um it's just that the bits in between aren't filled in and it's just like well actually this as far as the game's concerned this area b sits below area a but you need to know how to get there without going through the sort of standard um corridor or the the standard setup that the game lays out for you so so i would like to i think i would like to explore that but i think as a person who's you know, the extent of my speed running has been playing Hades and getting like a sub 20 minute run. So that's kind of the level that might, despite the hundreds of hours I've put into Hades, I've never played it in or never focused in playing it in that way. Um, yeah. And I think the last time I looked like the record for Hades was something like five minutes, which I just don't even, I don't even understand that. And that, but I like that about it. I like that. I don't understand that. And that's what I'm interested in kind of digging into to understand it. It's like, how is that? Mm possible um because i don't think i think that five minute run is like that is glitchless so that is just playing the game and having such a fundamental not fundamental such a in-depth understanding of how the game is constructed and the optimal decisions to make that you can get through that game in in you know a quarter of the time of my best current run so yeah i want to do that and i'm not sure what that game is yet as i say and i think i can imagine probably streaming it in some way um or at least making some videos about it just to Mm. explore the process but yeah i would like to certainly by the end of the year if you know if not before that um have something resembling a i don't know that it will be competitive in terms of the world of speed running but you know something that is far more competitive versus what i've got now as i say i've got like a 20 minute hades run so if i can cut that down to i don't know 10 minutes which is nowhere near the record but it's like you know that's that would be amazing for me to to do that to shave off half the time um then yeah that's something i'd like to explore and just kind of dip my toe into um and yeah so watch this space i suppose game to be decided but i think yeah i think maybe streaming it in some way shape or form would be would be interesting bring the community into it kind of thing yeah yeah like my speed running diary stays hard yeah yeah my speed running yes. journey yeah and then you get a load of tips from people that know far better than you do about like well you know immediately you're doing that wrong okay well cool that's yeah that's a, a learning process so yeah, yeah. 
that's uh, we'll see how we we'll see that progresses, but but we'll fold it in, I think, in some way to uh, perhaps the videos that we put out on YouTube. Um, so yeah, watch this space. Speed running. Yeah, that's I mean, my, yeah, my my second resolution is it isn't that, but it's not. Well, it's dissimilar, but it's kind of linked. Um, so mine's play more games on higher difficulties rather than just opting for normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played, I've played a bunch of bunch more of what would be considered more difficult games this year. Like I've played mm. a couple of From Software games, um, one of which I'd already played before. Um, Doom Eternal, Doom Eternal DLC, uh, GTFO. Um, and when I was thinking about resolutions um, to talk about here or to, or to make for myself, um, I think just plumping for medium, because n- like normal slash medium, whatever, um, average difficulty on games, on a lot of games, really I'm thinking about shooter and action games here, mm. the ones that would typically come with a difficulty level um, attached to them. Like, you know, it's no secret that normal has become a lot easier in the past yeah. decade yeah. Or, or or so. Um, it was happening on the PS3, but certainly on PS4 onwards, um, normal has become, you know, much easier than, than, yeah. than it used to be. And I do find myself sometimes on certain games... Um, after a certain, after like the learning period is done and the game's taught you its sort of foundation tricks and interactions that you have to make with it, you know, sometimes it just does feel like you're going through the motions or you're just being like a bit of a tourist in mm. the game and you're just going mm. through it to look at the nice scenery or the nice graphics or to take in the narrative. And that's fine. Like I love taking in the narrative from like, like anyone else does. Um, and indeed, that's probably my favorite element of a lot of games but but you know you, there's no reason why you can't have that in unison with a higher a higher difficulty yeah. level and i know sometimes yeah. it can be difficult because if you die too much then it kind of ruins a narrative and you know it becomes all disjointed um but i don't think that that's enough of a negative to dive into enjoying games in a way that is more challenging because the reward that you get obviously from completing a game that you play on a higher difficulty or a game that is just innately more difficult is very different to a game that is easier and i think maybe on action and single player shooters i've maybe slipped more into the path of least resistance mm. a lot of time just to sort of see the just game to kind as of see it was. yeah just to, yeah i can i know what you mean uh, yeah. rather than really have to um have to really understand the game mechanically on a much deeper level in order to mm. in order to progress and really feel sort of feel and play the story of the game in that way rather than just have it like told to you through more kind of cinematic or, yeah. or through te- techniques taken from other mediums anyway like the interaction and the gameplay is the bit that games have that other popular forms of entertainment don't have and so you know playing that bit of the game on a higher difficulty yeah. is a very yeah. different experience and offers something that nothing else can. Yeah. And it, and it, yeah, absolutely. And it can, I think that can be a completely different thread of engagement. Yes. The narrative side for it, like a single player adventure game, you know, let's pick a random game. Like, I don't know the last of us. Um, the, the narrative side is one thing. The, the what you're doing is another. And, I think for me, like a game like that, I do now always just put on hard out of the gates because there is a part of my brain kind of lights up 
with how that fits thematically that the way that they adjust difficulty in a lot of games is you know you deal less damage and you take more damage but in a game with resources like the last of us they become more scarce as well and then that feeds more directly into my image of the world that if i don't have a glut of resources on hand all the time to make a smoke bomb or you know molotov or whatever then it forces me to be a bit more creative and so and i enjoy that i like that yeah i mean yes there are spikes and that does become problematic typically with bosses or in areas with a lot of enemies and it it can be frustrating and that's the you know i guess difficulty needs hopefully will become more dynamic as we sort of as video games mature further that it won't just be you know medium or hard or easy it will it will be more of a, a, a sort of a dynamic curve um or adjustment to how you're playing in the background without you need without a, a pop-up screen needing to say oh you've died five times do you want to put it on medium or easy or whatever um but yes that that different thread of engagement is definitely for some games is definitely a thing i think the batman games i played arkham games i played on hard as well for the same reason it's like well what else is there? Okay, so this isn't working. This pattern that I've got into of attacks, say, for the Arkham games, isn't working against this enemy or these groups of enemies. So what else do I have in my arsenal? And it's like, it just pushes me a bit more to be, to see, yeah, just experiment a bit more and see what else is out there rather than just the same combination of attacks all the time, I guess. Um, yeah, it can be it can be harder as well to make a game that's harder, right? Like, And, and also make the game feel... I'm talking about specifically about games that have different difficulty levels here, not mm-hmm, just harder mm-hmm. games that are, that are set difficulty. Because um, on something like you know Resident Evil, say, or something with a boss or boss bosses as a concept, yeah. like how does the game design? Like, it's no easy trick to give you like you're you're going into a boss and you don't have enough resources, so the game's going to have to give you resources. Otherwise, you literally cannot mm-hmm. kill the boss. You literally can't mm-hmm. do enough damage of it uh, to it because you don't have the the right ammo or the right weapons or whatever. Uh, so the game needs to give you those <clears throat> somehow um, before you enter the fight. But how do you do that in a way that doesn't just kill um, yeah. your your sense of your suspension of disbelief and you know it feels right for the world and because we've all played those things where it's like and now you go into a little room and there's just loads of ammo everywhere and then you look out the window and there's a large circular (laughs) arena and it's like oh okay what's happening so that's a bit crude but yeah you only really see how um designers have intelligently solved that problem if you play the game like that otherwise you don't see that you don't see how they've solved that problem um so it's not just a sense of achievement for myself that i'm interested in it to to um you know to overcome this thing and conquer them Mm. it's to it's to you know see more examples of how designers are overcoming that quite difficult problem that that can very that can be very jarring um yeah i I do like the idea of yeah something that is differently designed i know one of the tomb raider games a couple of years ago um i don't know if it was rise i think it might have been shadow of the tomb raider had multiple difficulty levels for different areas of the game so combat you could change you know it was multiple sliders basically so like traversal you could put it on hard and that would take away all of the telltale signs of however they did it you know and combat you could put it on but you could put combat down to easy if you wanted to and that is a that's part of the way there for me like that idea of choose that choose where you want your challenge i think is interesting and obviously you can only do that if the game has those kinds of pillars um built into it with a resident evil game i like that yeah like doing a boss fight 
which is often the sticky bit. But having something like, I don't know, on normal, the resources are just scattered around this arena that we're talking about. But on hard, it's like mini enemies spawn or just regular not mini enemies <laughs> little tiny enemies running around but regular enemies spawn that will drop those resources yeah, but so you, you have to beat them, them first yeah. yeah so it's like but it's still making you work for it that requires a different you know that requires kind of a, a different scenario like something has been added to the game that isn't there on a different difficulty which you know is it's can be labor or resource intensive to do that because like well most people are going to play it on medium anyway so are we really going to spend time programming and then testing and then all the rest of it on a higher difficulty? But it's yeah. it would be an, a more elegant solution than just yeah okay well this hits harder and now you just have to be better you know that's not that's not yeah the most I'm thinking point, like there it? there could be other ways of doing it as well like the boss itself could like smash up the environment as it goes and then the then items could pop out of that smashed up environment yeah. and that might happen yeah. on easy as well or on easier difficulties but on easy difficulties you also get all the ammo up front or something like that yeah like a boss's pathfinding could be more intelligent and so you have to lure them into those spaces whereas on easy they just smash around and you know yeah. do whatever so i mean it I, there may be an actual separate episode here on dif- difficulty in games i think it could be an interesting thing where we do look at what already exists and then perhaps hypothesize about how it could also work but yeah anyway but you, well, that's your resolution is to play Play games it, on a high on a higher on a higher difficulty, yeah. And I mean the actual to see how the game is designed on a higher difficulty, not just artificially make it more difficult for myself. Sure. Like don't use a shotgun yeah. or whatever. Nothing, not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So um, my two remaining are both game specific. Um, okay, one of my well, one of mine is game specific, and one of mine is like a type of game specific. Okay, what's the what's the type of game specific? Because I'm interested to know uh, if, if it's what I think it is. So, oh, I don't think it will be what what you oh, think okay. it is. So, mine says to play more games that are made in black and white. Okay, <laughs> no, no, um, it wasn't that. I thought you were going to say something about like maybe mobas or something, you know, something like that. Because um, you've kind of touched on that in the in the past. Yeah, I do. More want games to play that are made in black and white. That's... Yeah, so um well this is interesting. This goes back to the photography thing that I mentioned. So mm. when I take when I go out taking photos, I will I will obviously know, well, if I'm using a film camera, I'm locked into black or white from when the film goes in on digital camera you can choose, but mm. I will typically go out with black and white in mind or with color in mind because what you create and how you go about creating it is is completely different. Like without mm-hmm. the color, like black and white is all about shape and shape and contrast. Color is color. Um so the feeling so the decision to what pictures you take changes oh yeah yeah because what, the way yeah. yeah different things look look good in black and white like you wouldn't mm-hmm. take a picture of like a a colorful i don't know quilt or something in black sure. and white unless unless yeah. the shapes were really interesting um yeah. so the feeling what you look for when you create it uh, is different but also the feeling that you get when you look at it is completely different as well. Like your mm. mind just reacts very differently to something that's black and white and something that's color. You look for different things. You're excited by different things. You miss different things. Mm. Um, so seeing how more game developers are using that visual elements um, and potentially tying it into the gameplay and uh, interactions uh, and how that makes you potentially feel different 
even if even if everything's the same i suppose even if all the interactions and mechanics are the same but it's in black and white versus it's like how do you look at the game differently what are you looking for what are you taking in mm. uh what emotions are different so i mean there's been a bunch there's there's a lot of black and white games I and mean, i played some of them like limbo and inside are largely black and white they're probably the most famous ones i guess world of horror i played a bunch of last year which is very good but i haven't played toem west of loathing uh mm. return of the obra din which i know is not black and white but you know it's like monochromatic largely uh yeah. genesis noir um so there are a bunch of games that fall into um fall into yeah, that category so i can see yeah in fact those three you you reeled off were the three that were in my head uh west of loathing return of the obra din and toem um I've played all three of those and they are very different. They create a very different tone, of course, just because of that's what they set out to do. But something specifically like Toem, I do find kind of stokes my imagination more, I think, than it would if it were in colour, because it's, I suppose, a bit like it's closer to reading words on a page and creating the pictures. You know, when I look at Toem, it's black and white, but I almost don't see it in black and white. I kind of... Or certain bits of it, I don't, at least. You know, if I see a particular character or somebody's wearing a certain thing or I take a particular photo, I kind of, my mind fills in the colours in that or Mm. certain parts of it. And so, and that's an interesting thing. You know, it's much more open to interpretation than than, uh, than if it were in in colour. It would be a very different thing. Well, it's much more individual as well, because it's interesting Mm. to think about that. And from like the arty perspective, everyone is presumably the the bit that their mind fills in it's just like it's what conceptual art is isn't it the artist makes three quarters of the mm-hmm. circle the the viewer the audience fills in the rest but everyone's filling in of the circle is going to be slightly different so in mm-hmm. in effect the art has created however many responses yeah. the art has been replicated that many times over that many responses and the art is that many different things to that mm. many different people some people would say that means it's worthless um because it doesn't have an objective truth um but i tend not to believe that i believe more sort of postmodernism, i suppose that it can be different pe- things to different people um so mm. um <clears throat> so yeah play more play more black and white games and i wonder if that could also feed into the unity resolution as well because it might open you up to think make well, it easier for you know, me wouldn't it well yeah, or harder or harder black and white well this is what that would give me i suppose this is the benefit of that i can imagine playing with some playing with kind of the the contrast in a black and white horror game in a way that could create some quite unsettling things is where my mind yeah goes. well without um, the color you'd have to have um uh, just like in photography uh shape and contrast would be way more important, but also movement would be much more important mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can't have things like HUD elements or call-outs or uh, things where the player needs to very quickly see information. You can't use splashes of colour to generate mm. that that um, that that uh, that link to to like an important element or an alert sign or an emergency or something. So you'd have to intelligently use uh, yeah shape, contrast, and movement within a black and white image to to create that it's quite interesting yeah okay well that's another i guess that's another kind of almost a diary uh type thing that can be kept doesn't it that we i mean in, in the, the newsletter that we put every month we have a little like what we've been playing section so mm. i'd be interested to see if more more of these kinds of games crop up um in that in that so okay so yeah that wasn't that wasn't at all no, I didn't think that many people were going to guess that. It would be that. very, it'd be quite random if I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought you were going to say. Um, 
Okay, so one of my last ones then is to... This one's a pretty quick one. I've been replaying, or I've gone back to, uh, Returnal recently after it was picked as my game of the year for last year. Uh, And I'm going to... I'm going to achieve the Platinum Trophy for that, which is not a thing that I normally aim at. I I don't even know. I've probably got a small handful of Platinum Trophies in all the games that I've played on PlayStation. Um... But Returnal is one of those that it. I do like the idea of using trophies as a different way of playing the game. So I've played that game a lot and I've kind of seen all of the end game stuff and the finished Act 3, which is its own thing. You have to jump through multiple hoops to, to get to that. Um, and I've just got these kind of survey bits left to do where you go into each biome and you have to find all of the glyphs and all of the audio logs. Um and there's an RNG element to that because they don't always spawn, which I can imagine can, mm. would perhaps become quite frustrating. But because of the way that game structure works after you've completed it a couple of times, you can jump pretty quickly into specific biomes. So, um, but it, yeah, it's the it's the looking at the trophy list, not just in terms of the number of trophies, but also in terms of what those trophies are asking you to do. And then playing the game in a way that might be slightly different to how I've played it up until that point, because it's... I'm not thinking of trophies which are like, oh, kill 10 of these or, you know, upgrade all of these weapons. And that's kind of a thing that tends to just happen as you're playing the game. I'm thinking kind of more specific things which are um, almost like challenges, I suppose, set by the developers uh, to show, you know, there's like those trophies that are just implemented because they have to be, which are those just upgrade every weapon or do X, Y, and Z. And then there are those ones that are like, achieve this very specific thing that you have to set out to do. And that that's what I'm interested in. Um, so yeah, platinum, platinum, him, whatever, getting the platinum trophy mm. on, uh, on Returnal. I'm, I think I'm four trophies away from that. So I'll see how long that ends up taking and whether that. You've done that you know, by the next episode. Opinion. Well, maybe whether it affects my opinion of the game, you know, it might be that thing of you start digging deeper and it's just, it becomes a chore. Um, so yeah, we'll yeah. see. But that's a sort of a quick and easy one. Is just is the platinum returnal. Um, there's a very small number of I think two percent of players have have done that. So that's uh, it's not an easy thing to do, obviously. Um, but yeah, okay. that's going to so be. You want to be part of the two percent of returnal? Uh, yeah, two yep, percent club. You know when I get there. <clears throat> yeah. uh, okay. Well, my final one is pretty pretty straightforward as well, and it's to win just one race on iRacing. Just one race. That'll be that'll be fine. My husband's position is third. My husband's finish is third. Um, so I've had it. How long have I had eye racing? Like 11, 10, 11 months. I've been playing eye racing, but I've I've only really been playing it like serious weekly, taking taking part in the um, the the seasons mm. um, seriously for uh, the last two seasons plus the current one. Um, and they haven't, so for those, and they haven't, just briefly for those that don't know I mean I, a lot of people know that iRacing isn't just another Forza or Gran Turismo or whatever where no, one of the races is no. just part and parcel a lot of people in the iRacing community would even be upset that I'm mentioning it on this podcast because they would call it, they would say it's not a game it's a pure simulator there's no video game element involved so what um, do you think is going to be required what sort of I don't know what sort of regime what sort of workload what sort of uh, what's going to be required for you to do you think for you to win 
Yeah. Wins uh, race. Yeah. I mean, well, hopefully I just get lucky and everyone in the race is rubbish <laughs> and I just Everybody cruise to victory. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, that is the potential. Yeah. Sometimes there's a lot of carnage on turn one um, of the first lap. Uh, I mean, what's going to be required, I suppose, is just hard graft, just more hours in testing in, in, in the same car um, mm-hmm. on the same track. So, you know, um, look ahead on the racing calendar, pick one, pick a race where, uh, you know, you know that that week you, you're not going to be distracted. You've got a lot of time you can, you can dedicate to just putting the hours in, putting the laps in in practice and then translating that into race pace i mean the problem is that all all the races so far that i've ever raced in have always there's always been one two three people in there who are just just phenomenal Mm. um and the issue is uh well that they're they're very good but they're but also i I've only been playing it for a year, just under, and that's not very long in iRacing terms because you're often in racing series, um, in almost all of them, there will be people who have been racing that specific car or those sets of cars mm-hmm. or one of the um, legal cars to use. They would have been racing that specific car for a couple of years, four years, a long time. So mm-hmm. they're they're at a they're at a starting point that is just well beyond my ability with that car um so that's not an excuse that i mean that's the reason more than an excuse i mean the 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 way you get over that is by putting the hours in um and uh being better and being better than them so i mean it's it's definitely possible can you do all of that in the game, do you think? By which I mean, does it require like it does it require information or knowledge that you would gain from the community, from forums? Like, is it a question of I can do this if I do it over and over and over again? Like all of the information I need well, is yes. in the game or the simulation. Um I need to, you know, I know that if I take that corner I've just lost a tenth of a second and that kind of thing. Or is there like well, yes, yeah, you could, but you, but it would take more time than right. learning from other people's mistakes and failures. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. mistakes and successes. Because um, if you think about it, in like you know, normal in real mo- in real, I don't want to annoy the community, but in like physical on track racing, <laughs> um, the I mean, I racing is real racing, but but you know what I mean. Um, the I mean, in real racing, they the teams are all learning from each other's mistakes. They're all looking mm. at all the telemetry from the other teams. They're looking at how they're taking corners differently. They're doing so. Yeah, like you learn by, mm. uh, you know, education is the sharing of the experiences of people that came before you, basically. Yeah. So, whereas street smarts is just like learning on the job, right? Or yeah. Like carry um, doing doing your own thing. Um. So a mixture of those two is the best you want to you want to you want to have your own approach that works for you and the things that you're naturally good at um and the the way that you like to drive that your that suits your driving style but you also want to take in ideas that other people have got that you haven't because i think otherwise it's quite it's quite arrogant almost to feel like mm-hmm. oh well no i will just come in now and with no communication with and with no knowledge of other people's approaches or ideas i will dominate mm. this and make the best thing happen that they've ever seen um 
Well, oh, yeah, you might, you might do that, but surely, even if you are doing that, if you even if you are taking that approach, it's still better to know what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if only so that you know your opponents better for like when you're racing them. Or, yeah. Um, but but there's that, a lot of things you can you can take on that would help you be better. Yeah, and that I think that feeds back into like the speed running thing. It would be ludicrous for me to sit down and then it's like I guess trying to reinvent the wheel. It's like there's a lot of stuff here, particularly for a, a glitched kind of run where you're allowed to you you know you're allowed to exploit parts of the game. So well, I might as well go and find out what those exploits are before you know trying to find them all again personally um yeah it's like you don't become the greatest boxer of all time by never studying the current greatest boxers of all time yeah like and so do you think as a final thing on that for me because it ties into my my last uh short one but do you think that you already have like is it a refinement of what you're already doing or do you are you aware of do you think there's stuff about the way that you play or drive um that needs looking at if does that make sense like is there sort of is there an identifiable thing where it's like this i need you know i need to like actually change the way that my brain works with this particular aspect of the of the game yeah i know what the problem is so consistency of lap time is is the problem so my single lap pace is is pretty decent like i qualify well uh and individual laps i i put in are you know competitive but it's getting that it's getting the consistency and it's specifically i mm. think consistency and when i'm approaching other cars being more patient and overtaking. And that's not that I'm crashing other cars off the track. It's that I will just break too late when I'm not close enough to them. And then my line, and then I won't mm-hmm. be able to, and I won't overtake mm-hmm. them. But my line through that corner is bad, which messes up the next two corners. So I've lost three corners, three corners worth of time on this against this person that I am at my better lap times, you know definitely mm. faster than mm. but i can't overtake them because i'm you know always just lunging in like a lap too early or something i need to be that tiny bit closer um so it's so it's that it's consistency of lap time and often that inconsistency of lap time is caused by poor decision making when it comes to overtaking mm. okay well that that does feed in okay so win a single race on i racing uh is is your next resolution and then my final one um some of that feeds into my final one which is to reach diamond league in hearthstone now there is a there is a level above that which is legend but i'm trying to be somewhat realistic even this is a big stretch for me despite the many hundreds of hours that i've played hearthstone for i have only ever got to kind of like mid gold range as it is in the current um league system uh above um gold is platinum 10 ranks of platinum and then above platinum is legend so yeah i've got a long way to go and this is why i'm asking that question because for me to do that i think it will require a quite a fundamental change in my decision making and the way that i play hearthstone because i do play it as a there's a there's a risk acceptance or a risk assessment or like a gambling element even in the way that i play hearthstone that I might hold on to this card because I'm waiting for this card to come up. Because if I can play those two in tandem, that's going to be much better. And so that needs to change. Like it's almost, I need to, it's almost like a, I suppose a training of your mind when you're playing poker is that you need to play what's in front of you and what's happening. Not, you know, like, Oh, I'm just going to hope that I draw another race. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) the roads to a pro poker player, one line, (laughs) Just hopefully you draw an ace. <laughs> hopefully you draw an ace. So 
I'm going to give this a try. I think it will require... This is the one of all of these that I may fall off the easiest because I've been playing Hearthstone for so long that it may be that it requires such a rewiring that I may not enjoy playing Hearthstone in that way. Um, But I know that through my sort of just day-to-day normal play, I am not able or capable of reaching those heights because I never have. Um, some of that can be just an hours thing. If you, you know, you need to put in a lot of time to kind of move up the ranks. The lap time thing for you is interesting in the way that that translates to this, because you need to put a consistent of run together. Because if you put runs together, you earn bonus stars, which moves you up the, the positions faster than, and you need a minimum of three wins in a row to get that. So I think if I'm forever winning just two games, getting a single star each time, then losing the third game and that resets the counter everything takes a lot longer. So that consistency mm. is what I need as well. Um, like a single game, sure, you know, I'll go up against somebody and it's, I will fancy my chances, but in a, in a consistent, like putting together a run of three, four, five, six, ten games in a row is where I need to be kind of making different decisions in order to achieve this. But And then I guess the same question that you asked me, is it is it a case of looking at other higher level players and seeing what they do, learning from them, or is it yeah. do you know what your what the holes are in your strategy? I, I know what the holes are in terms of the way that I play. I know that sometimes I make suboptimal decisions because I find that more fun um for when it does pay off. The level of consistency that's required, yeah, I definitely I'll, I'll watch. What I've thought about doing is watching, I've got, there's a couple of Hearthstone streamers that I'm kind of, that I gravitate towards, is watching one of their games and just doing quite a painstaking, like, pausing it each turn and thinking, well, what would I do? Because you can see all of their cards, obviously, you can see the board. What would I do? And then yeah. seeing what they do and then understanding why they've done that. Um, or even assessing what would I normally do but what do I think I should do? And does that match up with what they do? And so, yeah, there's like, there's like an education element and a retraining element required for me to achieve this. Um, so we'll and you have to do it. The thing with this is you have to do it in a month. So it sounds like I've got all year to do it, but you don't because each month your rank resets. Um, although it doesn't reset all the way, depending on how the, the higher you've got the, the less brutal the reset is, you know, mm-hmm. you don't go down as, as far, you earn more bonus stars, etc. But it's a, yeah, it's a thing that has to be achieved in a sort of a 30, 31 day period. Um, otherwise you're going to be kind of chasing your, your tail again. So I may need to sort of similarly look, pick a month where I know that I can, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do that rather than also trying to speed run something um, and just and go for it that way. But yeah, that's my my last one is to reach Diamond League in Hearthstone, which a lot of people listening to this would just be like, I do that every single month, know, you know, consistently. But hey, yeah, that's my personal challenge for uh, for 2022. All right. Well, those are our gaming resolutions for 2022. We'd love to hear what yours are and um, what your response to ours is uh we are on twitter at uh indie by design we are at indie by design on all social media platforms and you can also check out the books that we make at indiebydesign.net otherwise it's great to be back for 2022 and we will see you again on the next episode